everyone. Welcome to Dig Deep. I am so excited to be kicking off this brand new semester, this brand new series with all of you this morning. Today, as you know, we're starting this series, Out of the Pit. And this past year of my life, I have really been thinking a lot about this imagery of the pit and asking God some questions about why there are these pits in this life and why he allows these people that he loves to end up in them. And I want you to know that if you have ever found yourself in the past or in the present or maybe someday in the future stuck in a pit, a dark, slimy pit, you are in really good company with the men and women of the Bible. Daniel and Joseph were thrown into literal pits in the ground by people who were plotting to kill them. King Solomon and the prophet Elijah both displayed symptoms of depression. Hannah was in deep anguish. She cried out bitterly to God because she was suffering from infertility. In 1 Samuel 13, the entire nation of Israel was so plagued by debilitating fear and anxiety that they willingly chose to climb into pits and cisterns in the ground to hide from their enemies. A man named Job, you might be familiar with his story in the Old Testament, suffered probably the greatest losses of anyone in the Bible. He lost all of his wealth and then the lives of all of his children, and then in the midst of his grief was plagued by disease. And so it's no surprise to me that he cried out to God. He said, even if I washed myself with soap and my hands with cleansing powder, you would plunge me into a slime pit so that even my clothes would detest me. He felt like with this kind of pain and suffering in my life, who else could be doing this to me but God himself? King David, who we are told was a man after God's own heart, ended up in all kinds of pits. He ended up in emotional pits, pits of guilt and regret and shame over his sinful decisions, and pits of persecution from his enemies. And in Psalm 40, David describes how he's feeling as being in a slimy mud pit. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He describes what he's feeling as being in a slimy pit out of the mud and the mire. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I know that I have, where my situations, my circumstances, any number of things in my life is making me feel like I'm stuck a little bit. The mud and the mire. Mire can be used as a verb. You can be mired in something. You're stuck. You cannot move forward. And so which story do you relate to the most? Of the men and women in the Bible, is it the being plagued by fear? Is it betrayal, depression, guilt and shame, deep disappointment, profound loss? As we kick off this new semester, this new series, Out of the Pit, I want you to know that this is a place where you can be real. We want you to come and be real about the things that you're facing in your life. Be honest about your questions and your doubts. Be honest about the pain that you're facing. But this is also a place where we're going to look for hope together. Because David tells us that he was stuck in a slimy pit, but that hope is available. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And then he says in verse 3, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. And that hope 
that David found, that hope from God, is found in one person, Jesus Christ. And Jesus loves us so much that he left heaven and came into the pit with us. The Apostle Paul talks about that in Philippians 2, that he came down and humbled himself to be human, to be with us in our pain and in our suffering, and he suffered with us. And then Jesus, as he walked this earth, he drew to himself people just like you and me who were suffering from so many different things, people who were prone to getting stuck in the pit, people who had shameful sin in their past, people who were bound by fear and anxiety, and people who doubted him. He welcomed them and said, come and be with me. One day, Jesus was out walking, and he turned and addressed a crowd of people just like that, people just like you and me. We read in Luke 6 that these people who were following him were people who were living with painful diseases and disorders. They were looking for healing. These were people who had lost loved ones and were grieving. These were people who were looking at the world around them and wondering whether God really exists, whether he really cares, or if any of this even really matters. And he turned to those weary people, people just like you and me, And he says in verse 46 of Luke chapter 6, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. And that's why we are here. That's why our ministry bears the name Dig Deep, because the person who digs down deep is the one who goes to Jesus, listens to him, and then obeys his teaching. We go, we listen, we obey. We go, we listen, we obey. That's how we dig deep together. And I wish... I wish I could tell you that I have the answers to your toughest questions. I probably don't. And I wish I could tell you that your small group leaders have the magic bullet to solve the painful issues in your life. I can't promise you any of that, but I can promise you that the Bible is the book of life. It's the book where we find hope in Jesus. And I believe that Jesus himself is the only one who can draw us out of the pit. So this semester, we are going to dig deep together as we go through this series, Out of the Pit. We are going to be looking, as most of you know, at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, and he knew a lot about life in the pit. So I want to tell you just a couple little housekeeping things about this semester. If you open the folders that you received this morning really quick... This semester, as we go through this story, story, again, we are going to use what many people refer to as the inductive Bible study method. And so we gave you this resource last semester. We have it for you again. It's really simple. As you read scripture, you just take three steps, observe, interpret, apply. Observe, you ask, what is the text saying? Interpret, what does it mean? And then apply, how do I apply that meaning to my life? And for those of you who are listening online, we are so glad that you are joining us today too. And this resource will be available at jessalston.com along with all of the homework that we will be doing this semester. 
Your small group leaders this morning are going to be handing out the first week of homework. Each week, as we read through the story, you're going to be reading through the assigned scripture, and then that coming week, we'll have a teaching reflecting on that scripture, and then small group time to go over everything that we've read. And all of that homework is going to be available online too. And as you go through the homework this week, you'll probably notice that we are following that same inductive Bible study method. As we write these homework questions for you, you'll have five days of very achievable, hopefully very practical, very beneficial homework for you to do. And it's going to follow this same format. You'll have some questions aimed at getting you to observe what's actually happening in the text, some questions aimed at interpreting it, and then questions aimed at applying it to your life in a practical way. And so that's our basic format for the semester. I am so excited that you're joining us, whether you're here in person or whether you're joining us online. If you are joining us online, we just have to say really quick, because I'm looking at this incredible room of women, but if you're listening online, I do hope that you find community at your local church, that you have people in your life that you can walk through these things with, because we all know how important that is in the body of Christ. And so as we get ready to get to know each other a little bit better in our small groups, I just want to go over what we refer to as our ground rules really quickly once again. And these are so simple. And really, if you do these three things, I think you will have a great semester of Dig Deep. Be here, be ready, and be real. Be here, be ready, be real. I know that it is early and there are any number of things that could keep us from being here early on a Tuesday morning, but be here. Be here for you, but be here for the person next to you. We know that as you spend time in small groups together, if your group is consistently all together, it will be much easier to open up, to be real with each other, to be honest with each other if you really start to grow together as a whole group. So be here. Be ready. I encourage you to do the homework throughout the week. We're giving you five days of pretty achievable homework. I hope that you will do it over the course of five days in the week. Don't try to do it all on your way here at 5.45 in the morning, quickly jotting down your answers in your journal. Be ready. That will really prepare us for rich discussion together if we've spent time reading through this text, struggling with some of the difficult things in it, asking questions ourselves. We'll come ready for rich conversation together. And then be real. This is a place where I'm hoping that for this ministry, that is a defining characteristic of our ministry together, that we are real. Nobody here has it all together. Nobody has all their questions answered. We are all looking to Jesus, asking him to show us the way forward, to show us his truth. And so that's it. Those are the ground rules. Be here, be ready, be real. If you do that, you're going to have a rich semester. I'm so excited that you all are here, and I'm just going to pray for us, and then we'll have some time together in small groups. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time that you've carved out for us, for this wonderful space, for these warm fireplaces, for coffee and tea, and for the groups that you've placed us in. We believe that you know each of our names and that you have put us in these groups, not randomly, not by mistake, but for a reason. I pray that you would help us to be courageous, to be honest, to be humble, and to love and care for each other well this semester. Thank you for your word. We need your hope, Jesus. We need your truth. We need you to show us the way forward, the way of wisdom, uh, the way that leads to life. And so, God, we ask you to bless this time. We ask you to bless this whole semester. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.